Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today, I am interviewing author Jesse Berkey, who wrote the book, Marriage, What's the Point? And he and his wife, Kara, are here to share their story and tell us about their book. Hi, Jesse and Kara. How are you? Hi. Hi, we're doing good. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for talking with us today and being willing to share your story and talk about your book. It's very um, welcome to have somebody come on and share some of the more personal things in their lives that can encourage and inspire other people. Well, we're happy to be here, and we appreciate the invitation. So we're excited to see what God wants to do and is going to do through this. Absolutely. Jesse, before we talk about the book, can you tell um, the listeners a little bit about your background? Because, of course, you know, as we know, we don't always just wake up one day and decide to write a book. And so it's good to know, like, how that kind of evolved your past life and where you're at today as far as writing this book and then sharing it with all the people that you've shared it with. Yeah, absolutely. My story doesn't have a lot of very traumatic, outwardly traumatic things in it regarding growing up anyways. And by that I mean I didn't get in, involved in drug abuse. And there wasn't a lot of partying. There wasn't a lot of alcohol abuse. However, there was a lacking and a void in my life. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad is a pastor for 20 years. And he has recently moved out of that. But what I grew up in was a very sound knowledge of who God is mm -hmm. and who Jesus is. But for me, it was, I would say, all a head thing. I had a lot of intellectual knowledge. Mm -hmm. But the perfect love of God wasn't real to me. Mm -hmm. And so there was a, a void, a lacking in my life that I went out and I tried to get filled from all of these different things. As I grew up, there were a couple significant occurrences that further ingrained this lack of love in my life and kind of blocked me from that. I experienced um, some being picked on in school mm -hmm. and, and not being accepted and feeling like, like nobody wanted me. There was a lot of, of worthlessness in my life and insignificance, and I grew up really believing that I was unlovable. Mm -hmm. And I would even say that I resented myself and, and began to hate myself mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I started to look for love, addictions became part of my life. Mm -hmm. So there was addiction to pornography. There was addiction to gambling. And those things kind of took control in my life and, and really, really messed up a lot of stuff. It was really hard on my marriage, especially in the beginning, and it's something that I couldn't break free of because I believe that to get free of addictions, it takes the perfect love of God to secure you and to bring that acceptance into your life. Mm -hmm. So, and I didn't have that. I didn't know how to get that. Mm -hmm. And so these are the things that, that kept me from God, and, and I, I was unable mm -hmm. to, to really tap into the love of God. And this was a consistent theme throughout my marriage, and it also kept me from being able to really communicate with Kara. It kept me from being able to be vulnerable and emotionally intimate because I was afraid that I would be rejected because mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Kara, can you tell us some of your background? Because obviously that kind of fits into the story at this point so that we know mm -hmm. where you kind of came from and then how it evolved when you guys, how you kind of met and what drew you to each other. Because I know that... Even as a counselor myself, a lot of times what we have to go back to is why did we pick that person in the first place? Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
for me, it's the same type history. I was raised in a Christian home, and I had, you know, plenty of plenty of knowledge about God and, you know, Bible stories and things like that. Um, but for me, I, I became a needy person, and I depended on people filling the voids for me, whether that be um, needing to have a lot of friends or needing to have a lot of boyfriends. Um, and so that's kind of where I got my validation and acceptance from. So being that that's the case, people tend to hurt you a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, throughout my high school years, mostly I was hurt a lot by by boyfriends and things that seem trivial but really, you know, end up creating deep um, deep wounds inside of you that you don't realize. So I actually began praying that God would just bring me my husband. Mm-hmm. I was 18 years old and I was already tired of dating because I had been hurt so much. And, uh, you know, I had sinned a lot in the area with boyfriends and, and those type of issues. And I was tired of it. I was done and I, I just wanted to be married because mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, really in my mind at the time to fill that void right. that, you know, I wouldn't continue to get a hurt because then I would be married and I would secure in that. And God, by his grace, did bring Jesse along during that time. It didn't make it a completely godly situation because the reason I wanted that was to fulfill my needs. But thank God that, you know, he did bring (laughs) Jesse at that time. Um, But the wounds were still there. And I carried those wounds into my marriage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It went from, from there. I continued to struggle with needing Jesse at that point to fill that void or that need in my life. And, of course, he couldn't do that because what I was actually missing was, like Jesse said, the perfect love of God, and it wasn't something that he could fill. And Mm -hmm. so I I was seeking and I was searching and I was, you know, continued to be wounded. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angela, we were were two totally broken people Mm -hmm. who didn't know how to get the things that we needed in our lives from God, so we looked to get them from each other a source that has a limited supply exactly. in each of us. Mm-hmm. And we just weren't able to do that. And it kept us from connecting emotionally. It kept us from growing in the Lord. It kept us from developing any kind of significant relationship in our lives. And it it was like that for both of our entire lives, even in prior relationships that we had had. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. A lot of people do tend to pick others who are similar to them in the sense of their woundedness in the things that they've right. been through maybe um, – and so they're really looking to be codependent rather than in interdependent. And that's right. where people yep. miss the boat, so to speak, on, you know, are we ready? Are we in that whole place ourselves to be in a mm-hmm. whole marriage that can right. consist of all the things that need be to be healthy and to last? Along the way, then, were there times during this dysfunction of your of your marriage, if you would call it that, Mm-hmm. that either of you felt like just giving up and saying, okay, forget this. This wasn't what it was supposed to be. For me, I had a lot of self-acceptance writing on marriage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Angela, there are a lot of people who will exist unhappy in a marriage for their whole entire life. That's right. Because the alternative of that is so much self-rejection and so much self-hatred that it's not even a, a plausible option. Well, that was me. I could survive unhappy for an indefinite amount of time. So a divorce for me, especially growing up in, in a family where both parents stayed together and are still together, divorce was 
was never an option, a real option for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and believe it or not, it it wasn't for me either because I I was you know terrified of being alone, mm-hmm. and so marriage was my security that I would never be physically alone. So you know I never thought about leaving. I I didn't you know I wanted him with me regardless of how dysfunctional it was mm-hmm. um if that makes sense mm-hmm. that makes total sense and and that is why a lot of people stay together unfortunately and they don't go the step further to figure out how to heal from that so right. Right. T- talk to the audience a bit about you mentioned something in your book about selfishness versus selflessness and i thought that was an interesting concept and point to bring up because it's one that i've talked to other people when doing marriage counseling and I would love for you to share your view on that. What we understand now, in retrospect, <laughs> and learning some things and, and having guys show some things, is that there is a lot of selfish love out there in our relationships today. And the reason is because in many of our lives, there hasn't been a significant spiritual experience with the perfect love of God. So unfortunately, when we interact with our spouses, the things that we do, and I can't say this for everyone, but I can say it for myself. When I would do acts of service for my wife, or I would tell her how beautiful she was, or I would, I would you know, do anything of that nature, it would be for a selfish, selfish purpose and intent. Mm-hmm. Because if I were going to do acts of service with, for her, then that would mean that she would be happy and she wouldn't leave me. If I would tell her how beautiful she was, then I'm doing my part to keep it up so that she won't leave me. You see, it was always about me right. and how I can keep her involved in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, selflessness, you take those same things, but that person is secure in the perfect love of God and his acceptance and, his, and our identity being in him. And now those acts of service and those words of affirmation are actually God being reflected through that person to their spouse. So what they're actually saying is God is... It's all about the heart. Would you consider that unconditional love then? I would, yeah, unconditional love. Okay, and which I think is a good point to bring up, that that is possible with people. I, I tell people that myself, and many people dismiss that idea, that there's just not a way to unconditionally love another person. And I think there is if we realize first and foremost that we're all flawed. So right. there's, and, and like you said earlier, a person is never going to be able to give us all that we need and desire. That's just mm-hmm. not possible. And a person will always, in some way, let us down. Yeah. It's yeah. human well, nature. Right. Yeah, let's ask Kara. Kara, did you notice a difference, maybe not naturally, but in, in a spiritual way, a difference when I would give you words of affirmation or acts of service before um, God transformed me as opposed to after? Yeah, definitely. Um, before, I, I, I mean... You wouldn't notice it on the exterior, but there's something that you know in the spiritual that you feel, and it's hard to explain, but you don't feel a pulling away from yourself. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, an actual true and and deep and meaningful love coming that you don't feel like you have to immediately, um, uh, what I would used to do, if he would give me a compliment, say you're beautiful, and I'd be like, well, you're very handsome. You know, I would immediately feel like I had to, throw a compliment back because I felt like that's what he needed to get back from me after giving me a compliment. Mm -hmm. And after, you know, him being transformed and walking the path of healing that he had walked when he would tell me, well, and me too, because I had to be able to receive that. Mm -hmm. I was able to say, 
thank you. You know, I receive that as opposed to saying, oh, okay, well, you, you know, you're, you're a great husband. You're a great father. Mm -hmm. So it definitely felt different. I can imagine. And I think that's where you start to really have that bonding and that connectedness that really true love and marriage is all about. So tell us then, how did you, what happened to change the marriage, so to speak, through all this and then lead up to writing the book? Well, I had an experience about three and a half years ago now where I, I had been crying out to the Lord and saying, God, I just want more. I had, I had grown so much in my desperation to see things changed in my life. I was at my end. I couldn't, I couldn't function anymore the way that I was. I couldn't because I was so wrapped up in, in anxieties and I carried around so much anger and bitterness because I'd rather just repress it than face a con- uh, confrontation that might cause abandonment or rejection. I just couldn't do it anymore. And I was just crying out to God and saying, I need, I need you. I need something to change. And what I describe in the book, I had an experience in the blazer where God came in and totally shook me awake from my lukewarm existence. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he filled me with the Holy Spirit and gave me, spoke to me in that time, and he said, I have a purpose and a plan for you. And ever since that day, everything changed. I, I got out of the blazer, and I was just physically shaking. And I called Kara right after that. And I said, God has just commissioned us for something. I don't know what it is, but God has just placed me on a journey, on a path, and he's asked me to continue to walk it. I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what was in store for me. Mm-hmm. But it was during that time that he began to lead me into different seasons of my life. And in each one of those seasons, for example, went through a season of um, just learning about spiritual gifts and, and what he was unlocking inside of me and, and began to walk the road in that area and then getting freedom from different strongholds in my life, like the worthlessness or the, the self-hatred and, and things like that, beginning to forgive myself and began to peel, peel off layers of bondage and, and strongholds in my life. And I began to be free for really the very first time in my entire life. And I had been emotionally unavailable for, for about eight years prior to this experience. And God broke that dam down too. And I began to feel for what felt like the first time in my life. And it was truly an amazing experience. And it was during that time that God began to, to give me the tools that I needed for, to deal with things like bitterness and unforgiveness and fear and anxiety and, and worthless feelings and all that kind of thing. And he began to just do an awesome work inside of me. During that time, did you two go to counseling? I mean, what, what were some of the key things that you really had to do or did to bring you back to more wholeness in your marriage other than, like you're saying, that growth within your own self, spiritually and otherwise? Were there some other things that you did as a couple? Well, for me, actually, when he, um, when he started going down this path of healing and, and transformation, I was actually a little freaked out. I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I kind of stepped back and it's like, I was at the place to where I could, I was at a fork in the road. I could go left or I could go right Mm -hmm. left being, um, for God and seeking out the same things that I saw changing in Jesse, or I could just stop and say, you know, I'm this, I I don't understand this. So I'm going to go basically and follow the enemy because you know, in a, in a place of retreat. And subconsciously, that's the direction that I chose. I just kind of withdrew um, because I was, I was scared and I fell to um, unfaithfulness. And so from that point on, you know, God began to do a work
work in my heart, and I came, um, long story short, I came to a place of repentance and recognizing that what Jesse was going through in his healing and his transformation, I, I began to actually open my eyes and see the actual changes in him, and I'm like, I need that, mm-hmm. and I need God to transform me because I'm, you know, I was just in a place of complete brokenness just at the very bottom of the barrel, and so God very specifically told me that I had to confess to Jesse, mm-hmm. um, and that from that point on, that's where my transformation began. There was some work that I did between me and God even before that time, of confessing, you know, when I spent time in repentance to God, but then I also had to take the next step and confess and and repent to Jesse. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on is where we just got on our face before God together and um, allowed God into the hurt and pain in our marriage. And, you know, that's when he began to do a work of healing in us together. But first it took Jesse, you know, being transformed and then me, and then us coming together and right. working on the two of us mm-hmm. as a married couple. Mm-hmm. And that that night that she confessed, that's when the book began to be written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so tell us, that's a great lead into then talking about the book, Marriage, What's the Point? Give us the mm-hmm. overall view of what the book's about, what you hope it will help other people to understand about marriage. Sure. Well, after the bomb had exploded in both of our lives because of the confession that she made. I was at a point of great despair and hopelessness and just everything in my life was coming down around me and I, I could barely stand and I could barely lift up my head. And one night I was at the fire station. I'm a firefighter paramedic as well as what I do full time. And I was at the fire station and I was crying out to the Lord and I was saying, God, you know, I, I understand that we're supposed to get all of our acceptance, all of our love, all of our identity, all of our, our uh, feelings of worth and validation from you and you alone. And so I said to God, I said, then what is the point of marriage? What is the significance of marriage? Why in the world, if we're supposed to get all this stuff from you, mm-hmm. would, you would you weigh so much importance on marriage and expose us to all this pain and trauma? Mm-hmm. And he said to me, so that you can see me in a, in a more tangible way than you can with any other person on the face of this earth. Mm-hmm. Everything is created first for God and his glory. Mm-hmm. And what the Lord began to show me was that in this intimate covenant relationship of marriage, in which Jesus seems to place so much importance on, in his analogies for being the bride or the bridegroom to the bride. He's coming back for a spotless bride. And all these analogies to marriage that Jesus talks about. In this covenant relationship of marriage, we have the opportunity to see God in a more intimate, emotional way than we can with any other relationship on the face of this earth. We have a chance to reflect his characteristics. We have a chance to see who he is in such an awesome way in his grace, his mercy, his love, his peace, his forgiveness, all of those things. We have done a pretty good job of messing that up mm-hmm. <laughs> in most of our marriage relationships, but it's there for us mm-hmm. if we're willing to be transformed and if we're willing to come into that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel 
um, Jesse, that you were able to find forgiveness for Kara in the situation? It was totally an act of God that night. It was that night that she had confessed that I was so filled with all of these different things, anger, hatred, thoughts of murder, retaliation, and all of these different things. I'm just being honest and real here. Mm-hmm. And I think that many could understand those, those types of feelings and emotions. Absolutely. And the Lord was whispering to me. He said, are you, are you going to listen to what I'm telling you to do? Are you going to listen to what I'm, I'm telling you to do? And very gently. And I was saying, no, Lord, I don't want to listen to what you're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear what you have to say because I know you're going to ask me to do something that I really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so he just kept tugging at me and prodding me this, that same night. And, and finally I said, Lord, I can't ignore you anymore. What? I'll listen. What do you want me to do? And it's at that moment that he filled me with his grace. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I got on my own. He, he, he filled me with his grace and his compassion. Even if it was only for a brief moment, he gave me enough to be able to look at her and say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. That's and powerful. So that, uh, that's how I was able to, to forgive her. And it was, it was a continuous process after that. Mm-hmm. It was continual forgiveness. And I had to do it many times over the course of the next months and, and almost uh, well, actually, it was it was about nine months of, of real intense battling mm-hmm. and trauma. Mm-hmm. I imagine. Yeah, it was actually at that point that was um, extremely pivotal for me because I I've said before that it wasn't until that point where basically he collapsed against the wall and I was I was begging him, you know, I'll do anything. We will we can move. We can you know whatever you want. Let's let's work this out. You know whatever it takes. And he just opened his arms up to me and asked me to be able to forgive myself mm-hmm. and told me that he chose, you know, he's choosing to forgive me and that he's going to stick it out. And, you know, we just cried together and, and prayed together. And it was at that point that I'm like, I, this is such a beautiful picture of what grace truly is and that God began to show me what his grace was all about. And so that night, that night was huge for both of us, really, because in bad and in good ways, as far as being able to see something in such a tangible way that he so reflected the character of God to me that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the book is really a journey on how we get to a place where we can allow or God is able to pour those things into us. That night that I was asking the Lord, what's the point? He began to show me all of the different reasons why we get married today mm-hmm. filled with things like for self-acceptance, for security, so that we have somebody to, to tell us how good we are for our love. Even if we don't understand exactly what love is, we get married, we say we love this person. And the Lord began to show me just how twisted all, those, all of those reasons had become and how the enemy had gotten in and, began, and, and manipulated a lot of those reasons. And so the first part of the book is going through those reasons that we get married and really tearing them apart. Mm -hmm. And at the end of each of those chapters, really exposing that we're not really getting anything that we wanted from our spouses. All these things that we wanted going into marriage, we're not really getting those. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're We're not feeling that, that security. We're not feeling that acceptance that we longed for when we got married. Right, which results in having affairs and leaving and being disconnected and all those things. Right. Yeah. And then the second part of the book is exploring why we can't 
get to that place, why we have been unable to get to the place where we can reflect, truly reflect to our spouses who God is. Mm -hmm. And I go into roots of self-hatred, go into roots of bitterness, go into the roots of fear. And what I really felt the Lord impressing upon my heart was to was to expose the deep-rooted issues that lead to the superficial reactions mm-hmm. of people like fits of rage, uh, repressed anger, affairs, addictions, all of those different things. Because we began to feel like there's a lot of, of marriage seminars and things like that that focus on the, the superficial issues and have not really delved into the roots of the issues, and we wanted to be able to expose those things and to show people you're reacting like this because of this wound or, or this inability to connect to God, and so that's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think going back to the root of who you are and where you've been in your own life and how you feel is critical, and that was one thing I liked about your book, and I think the other part is that when you explain you know, that these expectations are just so normal and human and all those things, but then we're not sure how to even fulfill those expectations for others or to get that from other people without Mm -hmm. having some real sense of self-love is what it is. Absolutely. And so would you say to people out there who are struggling in their marriage that um, they were to read your book and they really wanted to save their marriage, is it going to take both of them to do this? Or is your perspective that one person could start down this path and it might reflect off onto the other person and change everything? Well, it says in Revelation that they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So I would say that a testimony of true transformation is truly powerful. Mm-hmm. And the ideal thing is for both partners of the of the marriage both of the people in the relationship to want that to see a need for transformation down deep inside themselves however that doesn't always happen mm-hmm. uh, and frequently there's just one person who really sees the need for that transformation in their lives but we've seen that person come and and get free from issues in their life and take that back to their spouse and all of a sudden their spouse notices that they're reacting differently. They're not the same person that they used to be. They seem a lot more secure and, and deeply rooted in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that makes them want the same thing. Not always. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't always happen like that. But there is incredible gain for even one member of that relationship to come in or to be transformed Right, and I agree. As a counselor, I've told people many times and seen it in action, when you yourself change your attitude and behavior, it will always make something change. Now, if it makes it change to what you want, that's great. It doesn't always happen that way, but something will change. And we do have that control and power within our own selves. That's our free will to say how we're going to act and conduct ourselves and respond to things. Before we go then, Jesse, because we're about to wrap up here, and I really appreciate everything that you've shared, how would someone get your book if they're interested in reading it? You can get the book by going to www.marriagewhatsthepoint.com. It is also available. There's a, there's a tab, a store tab on that website that you can click on, and you can get it from there. It's also available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and different internet book selling avenues. 
Tate Tate Publishing, the publishing company. Yep, Tate Publishing. Right. And it can be ordered it can be ordered at any bookstore as well. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on your new book and a lot of well wishes for you and Kara in your future and I'm very happy for you that you were able to resolve the issues within your marriage and stay together because I think that's an incredible thing to do these days especially and to show to others that it can be done and then to share your mm -hmm. experience with so many people who are desperate to hear some answers that work. Yeah. Amen. Well, we had, we had a great time and we appreciated you inviting us to come on and, and share our story. And we pray that, that God does show people in their lives where there is needed transformation and work done so that he can pour himself into them.